Your day has just begun. Yeah! But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah! Hashtag Utah Jazz. What makes his skill set so unique is his size. He basically plays like a point guard. He can score like kind of like a wing, getting to the rim and driving. He's got post moves and counters, and you know he can shoot. When he turns and shoots his his turnaround, it's virtually unblockable. I don't want Rudy to be cautious. I want him to be disciplined. That's Quinn Snyder talking about the NBA's reigning MVP, Nikola Jokic. Oh, I get it, reigning. <laughs> Jokic. It's raining outside. And the Nuggets coming to play the Jazz tonight. Oh, easy W. Nice. Look at you. Very confident. The Nuggets played last night and got beat. They did. They got beat by the Cleveland Cavaliers. Mark Price ain't walking through that door. (laughs) They don't even have Craig Elo anymore. Brad Doherty, he's doing auto racing. And yet the Cavs still managed to win. Larry Nance, he's siring NBA players. Larry Nance Jr. Kevin Love came off the bench and gave him 22 he's points. coming off the bench this year. But why are we talking about Cleveland? We're talking about the Nuggets. What are you talking about Cleveland for? It didn't make any they sense. beat the Nuggets. How did the Nuggets get beat? Well, they're not good enough. I like the ad. They beat the Suns last week, and we come in the next morning, and along the ESPN thing on the bottom, statement win. What is this, a statement loss? Yes. <laughs> I want the graphic. <laughs> We should start using stuff like that. Statement losses. <laughs> Reverse all the time-honored cliches. Yes. You only do what does it say when you win. Not on our show. We'll do it anyway. Win, lose, or your soccer draw. And we'll do statement losses. What does it say about the Denver Nuggets that they lost to Cleveland? And it wasn't in Cleveland. No, it was in Denver. No, it was in Denver, which doesn't roll. roll it's awesome. not a song lyric, but you know. John Denver thought it was such a cool place. He changed his name as like Dang or something like that. And he oh, changed it. Yeah. Go look it up. Okay. John Denver? You think he was born John Denver by Bob and Mary Denver? No. <laughs> Bob and Mary Denver. <laughs> totally random. <laughs> well, what does it say about the Nuggets? They had a couple guys who can shoot the ball well, who did not shoot the ball well, and under the Law of numbers. Perhaps they will now have good shooting games. Michael Porter Jr. was 4 of 14. 3 of 9 from 3 is kind of average, but makes him 1 of 5 on the old two-pointers. And Aaron Gordon was 5 of 14. Aaron Gordon's not a great shooter, but... I don't think Porter is either. I think Porter's a streaky shooter. And Aaron Gordon is not a well-rounded NBA player. No, he's not. He's 6'9". He can jump out of the gym. Athletic is all get out. Yeah, give him that. He can run, too. (laughs) All the the qualities of an athlete Aaron Gordon has, but I don't think he's a proficient high-level basketball player across the board. He's not highly skilled, but he's a heck of an athlete, no question. I can see why he's in the NBA, but I don't expect him to shoot well unless he takes a lot of close-range shots. Don't let him get going in transition, because he'll crush it. Transition? Nobody does transition anymore. Jazz and the Nuggets tonight. Jazz game night. The pregame show starts at 7. The game starts at 8. Tip-off at 8 o'clock on TNT.
Rudy Gay, the only jazz man on the injury report the Jazz posted on social media yesterday. Oh, I know. I used to get those, but somebody took me off. I must have offended somebody. Imagine that. <laughs> I know. I got on it, and it was fun while it lasted, and then somebody took me off of it. I was never on it. Yeah, but why would you be on it? I don't know. Why would you be on it? Because I was one of the core, man, working yeah. for the organization. That's why. We were we were buds. <laughs> you you got your feet in different places. I don't. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Tatum's working on the nine-point second quarter. As in the corner, has Plumlee on skate. Step back three, swish. Left side, Millsap. Pump fake on a three. Drive it in on Harrell. Slowly inside the foul line. Now retreats. Backs it out to Durant. He comes left to the foul line with a pull-up. It's good. Rosen turns the corner. Turnaround jumper. Baseline left. Got it. Over OG Adonomi. DeMar DeRozan with two straight mid-range jumpers. Lowry to Jimmy. Looked like he was going to drive Bobonger. Pulls it back. Leaves it for Duncan who gets it back to Jimmy for the little jumper that goes. Right to left. Bless him. No look past the right wing. It's a three for Kennard. And he still is hot. Luke Kennard strikes again from the outside his fifth triple of the night Luke Kennard ended up six of seven from the three-point line he had 23 points off the bench for the Clippers who blew out Portland 116 to 86 they jumped on him early PK and they jumped on him again in the third quarter won the first quarter by 14 points and the third quarter by 16 and just tied it up in the second and fourth quarters I don't see Portland as very good. I have an enormous amount of respect for the Lockster. But you're not buying it. No. I mean, he what cracks change? on Jason Kidd, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But Portland's got a rookie coach. Yep. He's never coached a game before in his life as a head coach in the NBA. And I, just, I, don't, I don't like their roster. It's like it's, just, it's the same and roster for that, the last 15 and years. To me, that's the bigger point right there. Where We knew they had problems on their roster. Where were the changes that were going to alter the problems they had on the roster? Well, where, yeah, they still need to ride two guys on big shooting nights to most of their wins. It's way hard to do. Right. And if they trade Lillard, they're never going to win that trade. They'll get a bunch of average players. Yep. Portland off to a 1-2 and two start now. After that uh, blowout loss to the Clippers. Other games of note. The Nets, after a bad start, pick up another win. They beat the Wizards 104-90. Kevin Durant scored 25 points to lead them in that game. And the Celtics got 41 from Jason Tatum. And they beat the Hornets 140-129. to Needed OT to do that, but Tatum ends up with 41. Well, I think the story of the NBA right now is the Bulls at 4-0. Look at Chicago go, and the Jazz see them Saturday. The Bulls beat the Raptors 111-108. And they're the first team since 96-97, as far as Chicago goes, to start 4-0. And we know what happened in 96-97. Met the Jazz in the NBA Finals. Won it all. Did the Bavetta job was that year, or was it the following year? I can't remember. Uh, Bavetta was the following year. 98, yeah. Okay, 98. Shucks. (laughs) 97 was when the Jazz won two at home and had the big lead in the third game, and it was the flu game for Jordan, and he brought him back. 
Bucks beat the Pacers 119-109. The defending world champs get 30 points from Giannis Antetokounmpo and 10 boards and 9 rebounds. Jazz are going back-to-back with Chicago and Milwaukee on Saturday and Sunday this weekend. So, got that to look forward to. Golden State Warriors forward Draymond Green says he plans to celebrate Steph Curry being named to the NBA's 75th anniversary team with an expensive bottle of wine in Oklahoma City where he celebrated Curry breaking Will Chamberlain's franchise record for points last year. Order some, order some five thousand dollar dollar bottle. Well, they're wine. rich, so they live a different yeah. lifestyle. But is this the seventy five fifth deal? Did that generate any type not, of? Not nearly the just, juice the fifty at fifty did. The seventy five. The NBA wanted it to, and we're supposed to be cheerleaders for the NBA. But did that really resonate whatsoever? No, because they announced it during football season. Who cares? They could have yeah. announced it when. You think if they'd done an All Star Weekend, it would have been different because that's what they did with the fifty at fifty. There was and baseball I that's playoffs at going on. Thirty during the summer. There was baseball. That's that's the sixty and sixty. Oh, there were baseball playoffs going on, and there was college football, and there was pro football, and you know it's, it was there for five minutes, and it's on to the next thing. Okay, so well, let's make the splash. But if you need nothing to go on when you do something, is it really that big of a deal? Mm. You know, the Not old that tree falling forest deal. Yeah. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Gino under center, play fake. This time he's going to let it fly downfield. Reaching up, making the catch. It's been tough. He could go 40, 30, 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, Seahawks. 84 yards. Snap, he loses the handle, Winston, but now completes it to Kamara at the 10, 5. Touchdown, Alvin Kamara. Touchdown, Saints. Snap, kick. You hear the silence, and that's a good thing to hear. It is good. Brian Johnson nails it from 33 yards out. I mean, it's cool. It's, a, it's definitely a, a nice environment. Um, I mean, every time we come up here, the weather but other than that, it's cool. That's Alvin Kamara after the Saints beat the Seahawks 13-10 to in the rain in Seattle. You heard the two touchdowns there. There's not a lot of offense in that game. 84 yards on that one touchdown for Seattle. They only had 219 in the game. Other than that, it was all Saints defense dominating this, and Saints kicked the late field goal and won it 13-10. to 10. Well, there are no good backup quarterbacks in the league. You're not getting very far with your backup quarterback, and Geno Smith isn't taking Seattle very far. So if you get a backup quarterback who can play five, you can play 500 with a backup QB, that's a win. Most well, quarterbacks Yeah, but can't then do that. he's a starter. And he will. In free agency, he will absolutely get a contract. Uh, New we Orleans, when they Winston. went with, uh, yeah, Jameis Winston, New Orleans, Teddy Bridgewater had that 5-0 and run, got the money in Carolina, and then has the job in Denver. You don't have to necessarily be a good starting quarterback, but you're a starting quarterback. Right. We can go more recent than that, Winston. And he's a starter now. New Orleans, four and two. And they got the Bucks coming up, so that's a big game for them in the uh, South Division. Probably a big game they'll lose, but we'll see that next weekend. That's their chance to make it a race in the division with a win there. Seattle now two and five, and they're going to need to get Russell Wilson back and go on an incredible run just to be in the wild card hunt. And the division race, well, they're five games behind the undefeated Cardinals, so that's a long way to go. Cardinals getting ready to face the Green Bay Packers Thursday night. 7-0 Cardinals, 6-1 Packers. Devontae Adams is on the reserved COVID-19 list. 
putting his availability in doubt for that big game. He could make it. He's got to register negative tests 24 hours apart to be cleared. So we'll see how that plays out. So that would be, can you take one the day of the game? I think you can. So could it be Wednesday and Thursday? I think you can, yes. Joe Flacco traded. Eagles send him to the Jets with Zach Wilson out for at least two, maybe four weeks with the injured PCL. It's a strain, not a tear, so Zach's got that going for him. But I know. They got another quarterback. I I get Lisa on Instagram, see what she's doing. She's doing daily updates at this point. I love I've never met that lady, but I absolutely love her. I would like to meet her one day. Get some cool baking tips if you follow her. Oh as well. yeah, she's in uh, go get her on the exercise. Come on, ladies, wake up, put your bra on. I mean, she says that you should get into Instagram, Dave. You find out so much stuff. Not sure I want to know that stuff, but I you, could find it out. She's an inspiration to a lot of ladies and gets them going. They tell they tell her that. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan who returned Tom Brady's six hundredth career. Touchdown pass, the ball that was used in that. Uh, they've sweetened the pot for him. Two signed Brady jerseys, a helmet, a Mike Evans signed jersey, Evans game-worn cleats, a pair of season tickets for the rest of this year, season tickets for all of next year, $1,000 at the team store, and Brady's given the fan Bitcoin worth about sixty grand. Estimates from the experts say the game ball could have fetched around a half million dollars at auction. He's not getting that, but they're giving him a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah, the money and the tickets... The jerseys and stuff, I mean, like six years later, do you even be able to find them? <laughs> Got to frame them and put them on the wall, or the answer to your question is no. And then you look at, okay, that's Mike Evans. I mean, he's a nice player and all, yeah. but okay, I got a signed jersey by Mike Evans. But I guess if it means something to you. Yeah. Oh, well, if you're a big Bucks fan well, actually, and you hang the, him in the man cave well, and you, you don't have even have to be. Game. You know, I'm, I, I get, yeah, if, if, that would mean more if you were. And I was thinking that I would buy a Joe Ingles jersey and get him to sign it before he goes home. Just oh. as a memory. Yeah. Guy who came on our show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, right. it was... It'll be a legacy for years to come. He's in his eighth year. An unusual, very well, it's rare. one of a kind. Yeah. On a local show, and he's missed like two or three times in that entire time period. It's phenomenal, his commitment. He's, and he told me, he said, I said, I, I told him one time, I said, this is unbelievable. He said, Why? I said, because, you know, I've told him some instances before where guys have reached out to me to be, can I be on your show? Yes. Yes. And then, you know, they a month don't answer. later. <laughs> they don't answer. And he yeah. said, well, I told you I would do it. Like, he just said, like, well, what's the big deal? I said I would do it. Yeah. So I'm going to do it. So, yeah, I actually thought about doing that when his time is, uh, which I hope is not now. And it certainly is not now, but I meant uh, the end of the season. I hope they resign him. For selfish reasons. And I think the fan base wants him to be re-signed. It's one of those guys who connects. But it'll be a cold, calculated decision. I got it. It's business. that's the only way to run that. the team. I got right? it. Yeah, and you're right. I mean, Favors is super popular, but they needed a trade, and so they put him in it. And they brought him back because they liked him. But it didn't work well enough. They thought something else might work better, so let him go a second time. So it's cold-hearted. I get it, yeah. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. I've been as, as, vol- as involved as they'll let me be. I think there's a lot of front runners right now. 
You've got a wild card like uh, Mike Tomlin. That, that If Mike Tomlin wants out, you know, at the end of the day, there is not a direct, that's the guy everybody's pointing their fingers at. Carson Palmer, former USC quarterback on his involvement in the USC coaching search. Heisman winner, right? Yes. Close to Norm Chow. 2003. Very close to Norm Chow. Yeah. Jeff Fisher's name was thrown out there, and then the denial of Jeff Fisher's name was thrown out there, all since our show ended yesterday. I think Fisher has wanted in for years. You don't want Fisher. But it doesn't matter. He's... I've yeah, always viewed him as a candidate. He's a USC alum. Right. He played for, for years. Played for John Robinson. Yeah. Loves SC. But he was always a pro coach. It's kind of a, it's a USC version you, of. You can still be a candidate, though. Yeah. It's a USC version of Andy Reid at BYU. Always linked to the school. Always some level of interest. But always the fact that this guy's a pro coach. Yeah, and he actually, obviously he did go, got fired. But yeah. Uh, but Tomlin, that was a wild card, man. Tomlin coming to the college ranks. Leaving the Steelers, who've had three coaches in 50-plus years. Well, they do face a little bit of a rebuild, it looks they like. They do. But who's to say it can't be done quickly? The NFL, manage your money, get a quarterback, away you go. You draft well and hit on a quarterback, you're in good, you're in good shape. Texas Tech fired former Utah State coach Matt Wells after two-plus seasons in Lubbock. 13 and 17 overall. He had a team at 5 and 3 this year. Had four ranked teams to close the season. So could have been on his way to 5 and 7 and 13 and 21, but he also could have pulled a big upset or two and been building and trending in the right direction his third year. But he said uh, the AD Kirby Hoke had said Wells was surprised and didn't agree with the decision. But they let him go. I don't blame him. I mean, he really didn't even get an opportunity to go through one full recruiting cycle. No. He's in his third year, and one of them was a COVID year. Yeah. And this season wasn't lost. I mean, on paper, you can say they were going to be 5-7, and seven, but that's on paper. If he pulls an upset or two, it's a very different story. Well, you're judging rankings as... Right, by, but that doesn't Vegas, team, Vegas doesn't joke, yeah. go by rankings. So yeah. I don't know that they would have been upsets. Maybe not. Well, we won't know now because they showed him the door and he's out. Auburn University last week mandating December eighth deadline for all university employees to be fully vaccinated against COVID nineteen. Head football coach Brian Harson declined to disclose whether or not he had received the vaccine or planned to receive it, sticking to his long-running message going back to the summer that he would not discuss it. He tested positive for the virus in August. So are we going to have a repeat of the Washington State situation at Auburn and have a coach show in the door? I mean, he's in his first year there after leaving Boise State. So DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. World Series starts tonight. Atlanta and Houston Astros hosting the first couple of games, 6 o'clock on Fox tonight. I assume it's the Astros. Am I wrong? Boy, I, I don't know what the odds are on this. I would I would go with the Braves, but I don't really have a good feel to where one team is overwhelming over the other. Braves are hot. They're really hot. They were a 500 club in early August and have won two-thirds of their games since then. 
So it's easy to dismiss them as an 88-win team, but is that really who they are? Because they haven't played at that clip for a couple months now. For a couple months, they've won two-thirds of their games, which you win two-thirds of your games, you're a 100-plus win team. You're up in Giants and Dodgers territory. Right, that's 75%. No, it's not. Oh, 80, you're right. 67. Ah. Ken Griffey Jr. purchases an ownership stake in the Seattle Mariners, the club he rose to start him with. Bought out another minority owner, bought out at least a portion of another minority owner's share. So, Ken Griffey Jr. will now be linked to the team that he started his career with and made his mark with before he went off to Cincinnati. Cool. Man, he was a star. I mean, no matter where he played, he was a star. But obviously, that was his original team. Reason why I'm a Seattle Mariners fan, right there. And you know, they they had a nice season. What is trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Frank Dolce, our Utah football insider, joins us at 805. Dylan Colley, former BYU wide receiver, will be here at 905. The question of the day is coming up next. Stay with us. It's game week for the Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. It's a game Cougar fans have circled for a long time as Bronco Mendenhall makes his return to Provo as the Cougars welcome in the Virginia Cavaliers. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch the Cougar pregame show Saturday at 7 with the postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the postgame press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes Your Toast is brought to you by Utah Facial Plastics. Losing your hair? It's 2021 and you don't have to. UFP Hair Restoration offers a range of cutting-edge therapies to restore thick hair permanently. Just text HAIR to 801-960-3137 for 15% off any hair loss treatment or visit www.utahairmd.com. Question of the day. We got a couple of them. But we're going to start with your column this week, PK. BYU fans, oh, Mendenhall, a warm welcome. Do you agree? And you've done it again. You've split the audience. Congratulations. If you disagree, you're so poo-poo. Thank you, Tyler. Scott says absolutely. He was basically run out of town by delusional Cougar fans. Bronco was 99-43. and 39-9 and nine in conference with five 10-plus win seasons. And he had four more years of eight or nine wins in 11 years. Kalani's a good coach, but let's revisit this conversation in five years to compare. He's currently 44-28 and 28 after six years. Kalani is certainly a much better cheerleader on the sideline. It has nothing to do with Kalani Shiitake. This is yeah. Bronco came in, gave you a lot of years in the prime of his coaching career, and are you going to show some appreciation for all that time and effort and hard work? It's an absolute must. The way I picture this, and I haven't spoken with anybody down air. Where? Down air that he'll lead the team on to the field and then there'll be a few minutes, you know, they'll bring the captains out and all that stuff. And so there'll be, a, there'll be some dead time there before mm-hmm. the actual start of the game. We've all been there. 
and they put Broncos pitcher wherever he is on the sideline. You get a camera right there. You put him up. Put on the video big up on the big board. Yeah, and you, you if you want to do more than that, that's fine too. But minimum, the way I view it, is you put Bronco so it's him. He's isolated on, and they've got the big screens now. Everybody's got them. You put him on there. Uh, thank you, Bronco Mendenhall, whatever. And you have his face there, and then everybody in the stadium sees it. And they applaud. And they give him, at minimum, a warm round of applause. You can give him a rousing, you can give him a standing O, anywhere in between. But minimum has got to be a warm round of applause. He is one of your own. He's not one of your own in the way Kalani is one of your own. He didn't play there. But they didn't offer him a scholarship twice. He would have gone there, I think. Maybe not. No, he has said he dreamed of playing it. Right. BYU. Obviously, he grew up in the, up the road in Alpine, right? His, they, his what, dad did you go to an American Fork? Yeah, his dad and brother yeah. both played. Right. And so he's a kid there, and he's experiencing, and they do the age, and it works out to where they've got their glory years. So what Latter-day Saint kid, especially in Utah County, wouldn't dream of playing football at BYU if you're a football player? Of course. But they didn't want him, so he went to Snow. They didn't want him again, so he went to Oregon State. So... He's not one of your own in the way Kalani was because he wasn't afforded that opportunity. And yeah, he's not the warm, fuzzy, hug you kind of guy. But if you knew Bronco at any level, and I'm not saying we're best buds, but I felt like I knew him a little bit on a, on a personal level because I took a badge of honor when he would ride me about stuff. That meant he liked you, and he would come down that hall, or when we were downstairs and used to be on the field, he'd come over and he'd, he'd ride me about something. I remember the first time Kevin O'Connor gave me crap. I felt so great. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like, oh, man, I yeah, well, you got him because you got that tri-state area attitude <laughs> yeah, going. Yeah, He wasn't going to come up and hug you like Kalani. Right, right, He's exactly. from the tri-state area. Right, right. But I remember, the, I remember specifically, it was in this building, and Kevin O'Connor gave me crap, and I felt so good. Like, oh, man, he's recognized me. He's legitimized me. And it's the same thing with Bronco. I loved covering Bronco when I worked it, for the Watchdog. It's so funny that you think like that. Like, like, the people don't know who you are. With all the writing you've done and all the radio stuff you've done, Spence Eccles doesn't mean, of course he knows who you are. <laughs> Of course, Kevin O'Connor knows who you are. And of course, Bronco knows who you are. And it's not that you get everything right. That's not what I'm saying for the people who are groaning right now. They know you can't get everything right, going back to that Morgan Scally thing. But you get a lot of stuff right. And even the stuff you don't hit right on the nose, you're still ballpark on. And because you're not in the building at 530, as Morgan says, there's some stuff you're not going to know. For sure. But... They get like you're not shooting wild stuff out there, nowhere near the target. You're either near it or you're on it. I love covering Bronco. He was direct. He was honest, at least to me, concise. So, and I get that. And that's why I would think that you, if you were a fan, which is a weird analogy to make, but you would be giving him the rousing round. The, the thing with Bronco, and we actually have some people who, who say things along these lines here in social. Uh, it's social media, uh, that people didn't bond with him emotionally. Robert, I got he, was, it. he was an odd dude, but he did great things at BYU. He should be welcome with open arms. I'll give you the open arms, and I'm with you on, they should put, his, put the video up there, people should see it, and there should be applause, and it should be noticeable, and you should hear it. Yes. Now, the, the standing ovation, I think, goes for the person who you had 
the big bond with and you feel like you know, although you don't because 65,000 people can't have personal relationships with one person. No, I get it. But you connect at that level emotionally, even if it's in a weird kind of sports, not real life way. And Bronco didn't connect at that level, so I would not expect a standing ovation. But maybe some, from some individuals. Sure, because some can, individuals I can could have connected you, with I can him. give you an example. Yeah. When we had the, uh, they had a little going away party for Randy Rigby, and then they honored him mm-hmm. at uh, half court before the game or f- in the first quarter, whatever it was. He was jazz president. He's the one who hired us. So I came to the thing and brought my wife, and it was a snowstorm that night, and got here a little late and was downstairs. And then they honored him during the game, and I stood up. Different for you because you got a different relationship than the other however many thousand fans were there that night. Right, and he got good. He got good applause. Right, but I don't think he didn't get a standing O. Right, it wasn't universal. I stood up because Randy Rigby meant something in my life, and when my my wife had cancer, he went out of his way, and so he meant something to me. And if I saw him today, I would give him a hug. I, I enjoyed my relationship with Randy Rigby, but that was a different thing. So I think that's what you're saying about Bronco. Right, it is. But I think there should be some recognition among the fan base. Yes, he said no odd question. things. And yes, there was conflict with fans, who quite frankly, Bronco didn't create that. The fans did when they interrupt him when he's speaking uh, and stuff. Not entirely. I mean, you got these awkward moments. He when called him stupid once. That wasn't good. Okay. I'm, I, that, actually, someone, uh, this is hilarious in here. Uh, Josh. Matches the education Josh, level. Because or, your level of criticism yeah, of Bronco yeah. matches your level of education. Which is his way. Josh. He's, he spoke in a stilted manner. Well, way to go, Josh. That was well played. What he was saying is the fan base was ignorant. Yes. And a lot of fan bases are ignorant. ignorant. Right. But as a coach, it's better to just let that go. <laughs> you, don't, you don't need to say that. Lavelle probably thought it when he was bravely doing call-in post-game radio shows. I know he did. I questioning the play it. calling after another win. I talked to him. I did a story for the Watchdog on it. Talked to him about it. Uh, turns yeah. out the fans wanted to win by nine, not by two. And then uh, towards the end of his life, I think we were doing the Holodinata golf tournament down at Thanksgiving Point, uh-huh. and he was there. And we were having fun. Well, they paid me 75 bucks a show. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> Classic. I mean, he could hardly walk at that point, but he still had his mental capacities to a good degree, and he was laughing with us. And we were, I'm almost positive it was Holodianata's golf tournament, and we were at uh, Thanksgiving Point. And uh, so, yeah. But, but he, he was one of a kind. You're never going to get that kind of guy again. Agreed. And it was Agreed. a naive think, time where he could solve the honor code issues because they weren't <laughs> captured on camera phones or Rancheritos uh, uh, videos and whatnot. And BYU football, yeah. for a big portion of the time he was there, wasn't as big a deal. It got bigger because he did so well and won so much. And then when something gets bigger, more people want to have a say in it. And Bronco wasn't, wasn't Lavelle. Nobody is Lavelle. They broke the mold. There's not going to be another Lavelle. But he took your program out of the depths of the darkest times in 50, 60 years. Consistently. Uh, Kalani had the one awful season. Mm -hmm. No doubt about it. It was awful. They were were pathetic on every level. Uh, But they had three years of this stuff. And it was getting worse. And it was, tr- and and and, the, and I was there, uh, d- Mr. Negative covering a losing program. I mean, 
<laughs> it was just, it was unbelievable. Every time you show up, the team goes in the tank. Not in this, no, not necessarily. I mean, a couple. But of, not every time. Youth basketball was awesome. Not, I, it wasn't every year. But didn't every program you have have a down year while you were there? Well, my first year with the Utes, they went fourteen and fourteen, and that's they had all sorts. And that of problems. was that was clearly and the that, low water mark for Majerus by set, a wide margin. And that set the tone yeah. between he and I. But so what? That's I enjoyed covering them. Uh, but Broncos spent a lot of time and a lot of energy, and they won a lot of games. And so he- there ought to be some recognition. The for that. heavy lifting that he did was just super, super impressive. And he goes six and six that first year with a lot of the same kids. And then the next year, they start one and two and then don't lose. It's incredible. In fact, I think he did it uh, again the year after. Yeah, it was he did two years in a row. So and he went with a senior quarterback with John Beck in 06, and that 06 team was awesome, and John was phenomenal. I've stated that many times. And then he goes off to the NFL. They reload, and he brings in Max Hall, and they they start one and two. They lost to UC Los Angeles in a Rose Bowl, and then a Tulsa in a shootout, and then they don't lose again. They do it again. Come on, man. Not everyone's on board, though. Nick says, no, we owe him nothing. He gave us a few good years, but ended up plateauing and being mind-numbing to have as a coach. I would welcome his whole team with booze if I was going, but I had to go out of state, so I'm watching from afar. They don't drink. What are you bringing booze for? B-O-O-S. Not the Z-E. Oh. Well, you know me. Get down with PKK. You know me. Uh, Champ. Okay, here's one from a Ute fan. You ready? Yes. Tammy Porter-Wright. This is the one week this Utah fan would gladly put on a BYU shirt and cheer for the Cougars to destroy Virginia. (laughs) I realized after Bronco left, it wasn't BYU that I hated. It was Bronco. So arrogant and egotistical. And then she makes... (laughs) Then three throwing up emojis with a green and yellow face, you know, completely oh, nauseous. Tammy, was that Tammy? All of my hostility immediately gone once he jumped ship. Nothing but love for Sataki. He's a class act. So go Cougs, roll Virginia this week. Okay, a couple of things there that once would you feel the same way if they would have brought in some LDS guy who had zero connection to Utah and was warm and fuzzy for a decade? Excellent point. Is Kalani comes in with the polar opposite, you know, approach. I mean, he's just, he is warm and fuzzy. And you don't have a one-on-one relationship with him, but you feel like you do. And he was one of yours. Oh, yeah. And, and Kyle, your boss loves him. Yeah, as Kyle has repeatedly commented on his relationship with Kalani. Now, I have to say, you know, for those years that I covered BYU, which uh, was from, what, uh, it was several years. It was... 2000 to 27 or something like that, 2007. Um, I had had to negotiate a fine line there because I'm covering BYU. Right. But I have relationships with guys at Utah. Right. And you knew stuff. (laughs) So I had both sides talking to me, and both sides weren't exactly complimentary of the other side. Not even remotely. There was a lot of tension there. <laughs> so, and the games... I, I would hear there were, stuff. There were a lot of great games. I mean, there were multiple games that came down to the last play. Not everyone did, but multiple games did. But wasn't it more recruiting that drove that? 
not exclusively, but you know, primarily. No, I, 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 not, I don't even know it was primarily. I can tell you, and I have to be careful because I have to be sensitive, that there's people over here who didn't like all the religion talk over there and made it sound like we over here who consider ourselves members of that same faith, but yet we're looked down upon. Yeah. uh, And... But I thought that was driven mostly by recruiting talk. Uh, or it just existed. It just existed. I think it existed. That there was a situation where, uh, who was it, a couple of players kicked down a door of an apartment. Yeah. And you know, all that double talk. Yeah, when it comes right down to it, come on, man. You're going to allow them to play, you know, those types yeah. of things. And and then go, oh, go, go there? Sure, you go on a mission and go there? Yeah. You get home in uh, March, uh, and by June you ain't going to church anymore and you're drinking. <laughs> and so... <laughs> that led to some tension. <laughs> All that stuff that was behind the scenes that I had never would never put in a newspaper story... And I had to negotiate that uh, and keep on friendly terms with both sides and all. So there was a ton of tension. So I can get where Tammy's coming from, from her perspective. I, 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 in fact, I, can, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I can get 100% where she's coming from. A lot of Cougar fans. We won't read through them all here, but Brooks speaks for a lot of them. I'm going to be clapping for Broncos Saturday. He put together some great seasons for BYU. And you got uh, a few absolutely's and a most definitely as well. So I don't know that he'll get the standing O. I wouldn't think he would. I understand but I do that. Think, but it got, it I has do to be think, warm or I'm going to be I, pissed. I do think that if they put him up on the board there, there'll be applause. It's got to be warm. And it's got to be what you it's, said. It's got to be noticeable. Not right. a smattering. Right. But that comes to the point also. <laughs> Are BYU fans going to be there on time? How late will the game start? And well, you sure they'll the, be on time. Where are they going to be? It starts at midnight. It's an eight o'clock. It's an eight fifteen game. It, it, uh, kickoff gets held till eight thirty. New the, Brunswick time. It starts at midnight. If the teams are in the locker room right up until eight thirty, and then come out, then the place will be full. If they oh, put them up on the full. board, oh, it'll be Where else are they going to be? Yeah. They're going to be Stuck there. Stuck in traffic, late arriving. No, you, they're, they're, it, it's the, the, the game it, will get held, and they'll be there. It, it gets so long. Yeah. And so late that late arriving gets there. there. Right. All the kids' games, if there's any and all that stuff, should be long gone at that point. And no, I, there's, you, it, it must be noticeable. And when we come back, I'll tell you, he was right. He was freaking right. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The new zone lineup is here. With the best coverage of the sports you love and the teams you can't live without. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10. Followed by Jake Scott and Ben Anderson from 10 to noon. Get your daily fix of Hans and Scotty from noon to 3. And then the zone welcomes unrivaled with Alex Keery and former NFL quarterback Scott Mitchell to the team. Weekdays from 3 to 6. Live and local. All day, every day. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. Football Friday is presented by Mountainland Supply, where the pros go for plumbing, landscaping, irrigation, agricultural irrigation, HVAC parts, tools, and safety equipment. 
Find a location near you at mountainland.com. All right, you guaranteed us after the break. What do you got? Well, he said he was right. What he said for years, independence is not sustainable. And he said yesterday, I listened to his press conference, where he said that... Oh, this is good. He was told to tone it down. (laughs) Tone it down. And he was right. He wasn't told he was wrong. He was told to tone it down. Yeah, it wasn't sustainable. They got out. That they did. Whenever the Big 12 invite was coming, they were going to get out. And now it has arrived. And they're out. They've accepted. No problem there. I actually have no problem with them going independent at the time. It it got a little stale and it warned, but the circumstances had changed greatly. When they made that decision, I supported it 100%. And then when they went to the Big 12, I supported it 100%. Uh, And Bronco... I thought he jumped ship a little too early on that independent stuff because it became harder to recruit. There's no question, and that's not necessarily his strong point. And he did say some things that, you know, you, you have to recruit us. No. You got to want to be there for sure, but you don't recruit them. You got to be selling your program, and he didn't like to do that. We want guys to sell themselves yeah. to us. Like, yeah, what? The, the Jake Heaps thing did not go over well. <laughs> it just was not a good look. He hated that. Obviously, he hated that. Uh, but he ended up being right. The problem was he wasn't fully, he didn't fully embrace it, which you think was a little bit of a problem. But he was right. Whereas Kalani took the job knowing full well, I got to embrace this. I'm going into it as an independent. You didn't change anything on me. This is something I knew full well, and I accepted on your terms. So it was a different circumstance. Absolutely. Bronco was in the Mountain West, established in the Mountain West, recruiting in the Mountain West, winning in the Mountain West, and suddenly here's independence, and now you're And your rival goes to the Pac-12. And now you've got to recruit harder, and it's not what you're best at, and it's not your favorite thing to do. Right. And he also didn't get the best independent schedules either. He had to go through the slog of this is who is available. Well, yeah, they had the schedule. We'll they had this right. who they could schedule. Right. I mean, they they had to scrounge up games in the beginning. So yeah, it wasn't ideal. And then he got smothered, and he looked for a new challenge, and he got it. So it worked. But he was right. I love listening to him yesterday because it was a throwback. He used a lot of the same terms, a lot of, you know, yeah, players play uh, as they're love prepared. Him, love him or hate him, he's and, consistent. And he said that. Well, he had the awkward joke at the end of his opening statement. I think I've said everything I need to say, so no more questions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and he's in it, and he's not, he doesn't joke easily. It's always a little stiff. It comes off awkward. But, I mean, that's just, I could overlook that because I, I knew the man a little bit, and I certainly knew him as a coach. And I respected the crap out of him, man. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't offer him more respect. And I told him that at the Vegas Bowl when he was done. I, I had an opportunity. It was very brief, but I just cornered him. I said, man, I enjoyed covering you. You're a great football coach. I wish you nothing but the best of success in Virginia and all that stuff. And we had a little chat there, just a couple of moments. But I love listening to him. I, I, it, it, it was so funny to me because... We've got together, and I took 14 people, because uh, uh, I think he's seven coaches and this, the wives, and, and you know, all but one of us, we, we worshiped together. They're called wards. 
He was educating me. I learned a lot about you guys' faith. Gospel doctrine classes yeah, were mentioned. Yeah. Primary. Sunday school. Sunday and, school. And the things. And it's called the mission field. <laughs> okay, DJ. Branches came up. In this. Yeah. And it's, like, it's like, it's a tree, and it's the stake of the tree, and then the olive is the branch. And so he did this, and I, I was taking notes. I feel I know more about your faith today than I did this time yesterday. So I'm. if you guys want to talk some religion now, I'm more up to date and I can speak more of yours, of you guys' language. Sweet. You know what I mean? <laughs> and and I, 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 before we go to Yuck. break, I got to ask this. No, you don't. Yeah, I have to. I don't even know what it I is. I have to. But I'm just going to say the answer is no, you don't. So how do you people react when you open that letter and the destination sucks? <laughs> They're legit. Let's call it like it is. There are legit disappointed. Are you supposed to fake it? Yes. And go, ah! Yes. I've been to three of them. People across the street. Three boys. All three of them foreign locations. Barcelona! Woohoo! So we all went, ah! You know? London! Woohoo! And one was especially uh, uh, pertinent because it was where his grandparents literally grew up. Oh, wow. And the mom was in tears. So that's two positives now. Give us the third one that would, like, I don't believe you. You're faking it. Right. Well, Is that what happened? I'm assuming that's what happened. It was there, three, three boys. Three. And a couple of them. Okay, so if you're going to the grandparent, grandparents' Oh, it was incredible. Moment. It was an incredible right. moment. Yeah. And, and there's another glamorous city, but then was there. from Bronco Mendes. No, no, the, the three were all foreign. Yeah, but. But they but they're all good. Uh, but Argentina in the slums. I don't know if it's good, okay. but it was. But it was like it wasn't Pocatello. I was gonna say <laughs> that's the thing. Bronco Mendenhall's son is leaving in January, and he is going to Pocatello. Pocatello. What's supposed to do with that? <laughs> I'd throw it in the trash. Now, how are you supposed to act? Suppose I get invited to another one, Woo-hoo. and it is it is St. George. That's a win. Not if you're from here. Yeah, but they don't usually send people to their own backyard. Bronco's kids are presumably leaving Virginia and coming to the other side of the country. That's sort of, he, he was born here. He knows po- nothing against Pocatello. I love Too Mike late. Empey is from Pocatello. Too and late. I love Mike and, Empey. And Mike's furious with you for talking Pocatello down. I'm not down talking Pocatello down. Uh, it's yeah. just not a glamorous location. Well, the God. people from Pocatello will tell you yeah, it's not a glamorous lo- location. Bronco also said Mark Yatuaya's son is serving in North Salt Lake. Yeah. yeah. Don't you want, like, as you said, Madrid? Yeah, right. uh, Rome? Paris. Paris? (laughs) Pocatello. What are you supposed to do? Twin Falls. Do you all fake it? How does it work? (laughs) You have to fake it. Tell me. Get on our app. Tell me when you got the call and you weren't overwhelmed by it, like a... I don't know, Boston or something. That would be cool if I lived on this side of the country. Even if I lived on that side of the country, Boston. You Farmington, know, a big city New Mexico. Where there's all sorts of... Uh, well, New York City. You not, know, the, every language... On, you, can, you can speak any language in New York City. Not... Yeah. Not to link them to any names, but I think we both know athletes who went to Fresno and to Houston. Now, that's just not Paris and Barcelona. I don't care how you sell it. But do you go nuts on that? What are you supposed to do? <laughs> Fresno! You people need to tell me because I might find myself in that situation. And you know me. I'm awkward. I'm socially awkward. I might say the wrong thing. <laughs> so I need to know what to say. 
Help me out! When we come back, question of the day, part two, the answer is, well, because that's the industry and the way it works, even if the way it works sucks. We'll get to that next. Stay with us.